makes a move and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And well, we're marching through the preseason. Next week's episode is going to be our season preview extravaganza. That's what we're going to call it. It's not just an episode. <laughs> it's an extravaganza. I had to pick a different E word, but that's going to be a week from now. So now we kind of are right in the middle of the preseason, winding down here in the preseason, saw one of the most eventful games, not just of this NHL preseason, but one of the most eventful preseason games that I've ever seen in the National Hockey League uh, one night ago at the time of this recording, the first of the three straight preseason games the Panthers will play against their cross-state rivals, the Tampa Bay Lightning. We will talk about that game, all the different subplots from that game we'll talk about how this team looks as we get closer and closer to the start of the regular season some of the bright spots that we've seen throughout the preseason so far and again in particular from the game played in Orlando on Tuesday night Doug Plagans here as always alongside Jameson Olive and well Jameson first things first the general feel of that game in Orlando as I said right off the top it was a preseason game in name only. There were a lot of messages that were attempting to be sent during that game. And you can expect that. And that's not a bad thing when you have two teams that know that they are going to be contenders for the Stanley cup, that they're going to be in the same division. They're going to see each other a lot this season. They know each other. Well, they had a playoff series against each other. They know there's a very good chance that they could see each other in the playoffs once again, come the spring. And I don't think I'm getting ahead of myself at all. When I say that these are two teams that are playoff bound that could very well run into each other again. I know the Toronto Maple Leafs and Boston Bruins and some other teams might have something to say about that, but these are two teams that are in that conversation that could see each other once again, intimidation is always going to be a, a part of this sport. There's always going to be message sending. And I think a game like that can band a group together. I've always thought that when things get a little carried away, uh, it can band a group together. Obviously you don't want to lose anybody to injury and hope everybody's uh, okay following that one. But Jamison, the general feel of that game last night, because I think we all went into it thinking, okay, it's a preseason game. How much can really escalate during a preseason game? But at the same time, it's the Panthers and the lightning I think anybody would have told you that they thought there was a chance that things could get a little dicey out there. And they did. Yeah, no, yeah. Message sent, message received for both teams. I think uh, you talk about the matchup. It's must see TV now, Doug Panthers lightning, whenever these two teams meet. And it's kind of funny. We're on zoom right now. I'm over here in Tampa. You're back in sunrise. So we kind of got different perspectives as well. You got the broadcast perspective. I'm interested to know how, you know, the Fox crew kind of talked that through all the incidents and obviously me being at the arena, I got to get the, you know, the, the fan feel for it, the vibe from the players. Um, but one thing I'll say, it was a really funny game because going in, I think we all expected that maybe there'd be something just a little carryover from the playoffs. And then the first period comes and goes. And the only penalty was Alex Kalorn. I think it was a holding penalty. And we're it was like, pretty oh, calm in the first. Okay. You know what? Maybe, maybe it's preseason. Both these teams are saying, you know what? You know, no hard feelings. If it happens again in the regular season, we'll deal with it then. But, you know, this is preseason. You know, let's not get too crazy. And then you have, you know, early on in the second period, that incident with uh, Sam Bennett, Andre Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky comes out to play the puck behind Tampa Bay's net. Bennett, I thought, very limited contact. I think Vasilevsky kind of took 
not a dive, but kind of sold it there a bit. Cause you see Bennett trying to hug the boards just to poke the puck out. They make contact. Vasilevsky goes flying. And I totally understand why after seeing that the lightning had to go after Bennett in that moment and jump him and, you know, stick tap to Owen Tippett, who we're going to talk a lot about, you know, fighting with, you know, Corey Perry there. I think that's Tippett's first fight in NHL regular season, preseason, maybe even the AHL probably going back for a while. He's not known for that. Um, so stick tap to him. But then the fact that that moment kind of then led to just pandemonium throughout the rest of the game. I mean, by the end of the game, almost 100 penalty minutes, uh, 10 fighting majors split across the two teams. Everyone was going at it. It seemed like anytime anyone threw a hit, it was just a little bit hard or maybe like a little bit of bump after the action. The te- just everything went crazy. And there's a powder keg. It exploded. And the guys just went at it. So great hockey, must-see TV. Twitter was talk. I don't think I've ever seen Twitter you know, talk that much about a preseason game. And I say Twitter, I mean, all of hockey Twitter, not just Panthers and Lightning fans, but, you know, national hockey media were saying, what the heck is going on? We need more of this. And I tweeted afterwards. I don't, I, I don't know how these two teams don't have a nationally televised game this year until, you know, knock on wood, the playoffs when you know, we get a, get a rematch there, hopefully. But uh, I could see them getting flexed in at some point on national broadcast, because this is just such exciting, good hockey. The rivalry is so intense and the rivalry is so real. For a lot of teams, rivalries are you know, not, I wouldn't say fake, but subdued because the rivals, just because they are, whether it's geographically or whether it's historically in the past, they've had some battles. But just from last season till now, this rivalry is now so real. The the hate is so real. You know, the, the, just the bile built up between these two teams and how much they don't like each other is so real and so great. And it's great for both teams. It's great for the sport. Uh, you know, no hard feelings in the end, but it, it's, it's absolutely insane out there on the ice, Doug. A lot of things going off of what you just said, and we will get to some of the bright spots from the game uh, in terms of what ultimately helped the Panthers win the game. And Spencer Knight, Owen Tippett, both outstanding. We'll talk about them in a few moments, and we will have some sound coming up, uh, some reaction from the game in Orlando as well. So we'll have that coming your way here in just a few moments. A few, a few things going off what you uh, just pointed to there, Jamison. At first, when things started to really take off, you saw Corey Perry getting involved quite a bit, and you know, some of the altercations he was involved in really spurred the whole thing on in the second period. And that just kind of continued. And my first reaction when that happened, obviously when it's the Panthers and the lightning, you expect some extracurriculars to take place. But when I saw Corey Perry getting involved, this guy has been in the league for a long time. He's never been afraid to, to get in the, get into a, a scrum of any sort, but I thought, you know, he's going to a new team. He, yeah, he's a veteran guy, but he's going to a new team. He's probably going to, uh, you know, he's probably going to go out of his way here to show his new teammates that he is, you know, not only uh, not only going to be a veteran presence on that team uh, and uh, and a leader, but he's going to step in and say, you know, I'm on this team. I'm uh, I'm right in the mix, and he was just going to go grab somebody. And sometimes there's no better way to show your new teammates. We saw Sam Bennett uh, do it last year, shortly after he was acquired by the Panthers, got himself involved into a, into a fight, sticking up for a teammate. Sometimes even in today's game where the number of fighting majors over the course of a season has been on the decline, going out and dropping the gloves might be the quickest way to endear yourself to your new teammates. And when Corey Perry started getting involved, I'm thinking this is a guy who's been in the league for a long time. He's a Stanley cup champion. He's been a heart trophy winner. He scored a ton of goals. He's been on good teams. He doesn't need to go out and get in a fight in a preseason game, but he probably wants to show his new teammates that he's right uh, in the middle of this rivalry with them. So I thought maybe this is going to be an isolated incident, but then it just started to snowball from there. And of course he continued to be involved, but we saw lots of chatter. Every whistle felt like those last couple of games of the, of the regular season last year, going into the playoffs, there was chatter after every whistle. There were, uh, you know, little altercations after every whistle, the gloves were coming off uh, quite a bit. We saw, 
Again, fun for the whole family last night in Orlando. There was a little bit of everything. And uh, you mentioned the broadcast team on Valley last night, and they stayed pretty middle of the road with everything. Which but it, it was expect. a unique broadcast because it was Because shared. it was a mixed broadcast. I, yeah. I liked that element. What was it like? It was, it was good. You got to hear a little bit of everybody. And obviously you had Goldie and Randy and you had Katie Gauze uh, from Panthers telecast on there, but you had Brian Engblom who hockey fans have gotten to know so well over the years and Paul Kennedy and Dave Randorf. So it was a, it was a great telecast and you got the perspectives of everybody. And again, kept it pretty middle of the road because it was a mixed broadcast uh, last night. I wish they would go at it. I wish that would turn into just a swearing match between Paul Kennedy and Goldie and they start pushing and shoving. It's got, it's got to bleed over into the booth. I think at some point, Well, I tell you right now, I'm not going to toot our horns here, but if anybody ever wanted to drop the headsets, I'd put me and Billy Lindsay up against anybody. (laughs) You could, you could, you could put that out there right because now. It's true. I, 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 I think, would put you against most, most, uh, most tandems in the league. Me and Billy could, I think, I think Billy and I could hold our own against anybody. Uh, we've, we've seen what he's capable of and, uh, I, I'm, you know, there's lots of YouTube videos. He's not afraid to mix it up and, uh, and I'd be right there with him. So, um, maybe <laughs> that's out. a cha- Maybe that's a challenge to everybody out there. We'll have to get a promotional photo taken of, uh, Billy and I with cutoff t-shirts and like sunglasses and <laughs> ready to roll for the new season or something. But, uh, again, you mentioned another interesting component here, Jameson, and even though I had this written down on my, my list of items to discuss here on this episode of territory talk. And you touched on it because there is a list of items that I want to discuss on the episode. And uh, that's, that's just part of the organization and preparation process. This is our new segment called the list. Yes. On the list, I had a note about the NHL going to the new television, the national television deal this season with ESPN with Turner. And even though there is not a Panthers lightning game, in the mix nationally, as far as the viewing schedule is concerned, even if they don't end up with a nationally televised regular season game, the eyeballs and the publicity and the promotion that these matchups are going to get, it's going to take it to another height. We always said before that for this rivalry to get to a height that it's never reached before, the two teams have to play in a playoff series. Well, that happened everybody in the hockey world was glued to that series for all six games. It's drawn rave reviews and everybody has said they can't wait to see these teams play again, whether it's regular season playoffs, preseason last night, what have you. Now, even if these games aren't being nationally televised, the highlights are going to be front and center. I would imagine we are going to see Panthers lightning highlights in the a block on sports center all season long when these two teams play, because the games are always going to be interesting. It doesn't matter what the final score is. The games are always no, not short on entertainment value, so you can expect to see that. I just think this rivalry is going to go to another height because they've played in the playoffs. They're probably going to play in the playoffs again at some point in time. The two teams are still very much in championship windows. They're both contenders. We've seen what happens. Everybody loves the extracurriculars. I know the number of fighting majors has gone down over the years, but uh, everybody gets on their feet when those sort of things take place. Those so, numbers are now skewed when Panthers and Lightning meet. We're, we're yes. affecting the entire league's numbers. Yes, the uh, the number of fighting majors are, uh, are staying put uh, rather than uh, continuing a decline. But I think this rivalry is going to go to a height that we've, we've never seen it before. And I, I think when you throw in that new television deal, Maybe that's a component to it that we didn't talk about in the past. We always used to just say they needed to play in the playoffs, but you throw in a new national television deal and a lot of new potential eyeballs. And I think it can go to even greater heights. 
And before we move on to actually, you know, numbers and performances and, you know, training camp preseason chatter, uh, a couple more things we want to get to. But first, let's hear from Owen Tippett and Joel Quenville after Tuesday's game. Just kind of talking about the game as a whole, but mainly kind of just like we said, that bad blood kind of spilling over from the playoffs last season. You said, I, I think it's just the intensity that built up during playoffs last year. And I know it's preseason, but it's fun hockey to play. And um, you can just tell the rivalry what it's going to be going forward. Yeah, like I said, it just takes one play like that for momentum to kind of go and tempers to start flying. So, no, obviously it's it's just temper from, from playoffs. Yeah, no, the rivalry's fun. Yeah, I think there's some carryover that, uh, you know, you, you don't really have that rivalry until you get a playoff series. And we did have an outstanding series with them, uh, very competitive. And the two-season se- two uh, ending regular season games were, uh, you know, almost like how many is that in a row? And at the same type of intensity that preseason's usually... You know, it's almost near the end of it. You're looking, you know, forward to game one. So it's a, uh, it's one of those things that sometimes it just happens. And uh, so it gets your attention, you know, you know, you got two more games. So it's like, we'll see how that plays out. But it's a, uh, you know, regular season is the regular season. You know, you still got two more to go. Everybody wants to be fresh and uh, healthy when they start. Um, At the same time, you know, these are games you got to play and, you know, got to be smart. So great to hear from Tip and Q there. Uh, and they said exactly what we said. You know, we, you know, there was going to be some sort of carryover from the postseason last year. We just didn't know how much. And clearly there was a lot. Uh, I don't think either team maybe went in with that intention. But like we said, the moment that, you know, things kind of exploded and kind of took a turn, they just didn't stop. It's kind of Pringles. It's once you pop, the fun don't stop. And I feel like that's kind of what these games are going to be like, or maybe they all start with the best intentions, but the moment a guy takes a hit or a guy, you know, falls awkwardly or someone bumps someone or someone pokes at the goaltender too much, then it just, you know, devolves into pandemonium and we get a bunch of fights. And I think that could happen anytime these teams meet this season. And that's what makes it kind of must see TV, not just, you know, the fact that both teams have all-stars and both teams can score a ton of goals and both teams have, you know, all world players at all positions, but the fact that it can become chaotic at any moment. And I think that's what makes it so great. But the only thing I'll say that I touched on this when we talked about this last year, about how this rivalry is starting to build the foundation a little bit, and as you heard it there from Joel and Tip a little bit, was neither of them kind of said, you know, oh, the Lightning did this or the Lightning did that. They both kind of just said, you know, there was some carryover. These things happen. Uh, you know, Coach Q even said, you know, sometimes these things happen. And that, that's exactly what they said last year. There is no real pointing fingers. It's just, that's how the game goes where we've noticed post game, the lightning dating back to the playoffs. And, and we, we heard it, you know, after Tuesday's game or very much, you know, the Panthers did this or the Panthers did that. So we had to do this. And I think that kind of adds another fun element to the rivalry that, you know, they're kind of playing the innocence and the Panthers for some reason by them are getting painted as the bad guys where the Panthers kind of just say, Hey, we're all out there. We're all doing this. You know, it's all hockey. This is what happens. And I kind of like that. It kind of gives the Panthers the high ground there. I think the fact that they're not pointing fingers. And I know that's now carried over into the fan bases and the, the, the battles on Twitter are even bigger. I think than on the ice between Panthers fans and lightning fans, you love to see that. And I think that's, you know, we talk about, you, know, you talked about it, Doug, those kind of building blocks towards, you know, building a good rivalry. And I think, you know, once it does grow beyond the ice into fans, that makes it even more powerful and stronger. And I got to say, I got to tell a little story from this morning. So, like I said, here in Tampa, uh, off day to day, went to grab lunch, uh, you know, a couple blocks from the hotel, walk in, uh, I'm with someone and that person I'm with has a Panther shirt on and the person working the cash register just goes, boo. And I'm just like, what? And they're like, yeah, I watched that game last night. Like, great game, but man, like, 
can't 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 be nice to you panther fans like totally joking but like the fact they even watched the preseason game the fact they even got into it's really fun and exciting and i remember i was looked at my friend i was like wow that was really cool like you know cash register guys get into it so we eat lunch after that we walk another block over to get coffee to bring back to the hotel walk in my friend has a panther's credit card gives it to the guy uh, you know, discover the official credit card of the NHL. Of course, you get a Panther branded one. And the guy just goes, oh no, I can't take this. And we're like, what again? It's enough. How is this happening? So then he, he also said, you know, hey, I watched the game last night. Great game. Like Panthers bolts is crazy. So I just love that it now is becoming a thing that exists outside the ice, outside hockey world. And given how much these teams play each other, you know, four times every regular season, knock on wood for a lot more playoff series, uh, there's going to be just ongoing battles for years to come. But I will say, I think we might, I don't think we are coming to the end, but I think we should start to think about coming to the end of 18 preseason games against the Lightning. Because if it, if it stays this intense and this bad, I don't see how either team can survive doing this each preseason. Because we got two more left coming up. We'll talk about that. But I know it's easy on travel. I know it makes it easy to get a lot of preseason games in. Uh, but I don't know, Doug, it's tough on that note. I'm fine with it. And here's why sports are so cyclical. And it was going to kind of lead into my next point that I was going to make anyway, as to why everybody, not just folks that are fans of the Panthers fans, the lightning hockey fans in Florida, or just hockey fans across the world need to make the most of this rivalry and enjoy it in the salary cap era it's hard to have rivalries that last more than just a few years because you have so many players that will inevitably be on the move. And, you know, a lot of teams stay intact for say, you know, four or five years, but then you might have key components that move on. Whereas in the seventies, eighties, nineties, you had casts of players that would stay together for a decade at a time. And it was just a, it was a different climate. So when you have a rivalry that can reach these heights organically with as many regular season games as they're going to play against each other and as many playoff games as they're going to play against each other. And if you can get the preseason games, that's great too. You got to enjoy it while it's here. And I think that's where we are right now with the Panthers and the lightning. And again, it's very cyclical. I think we're at the peak of the rivalry. I think we'll be at the peak of the rivalry for maybe the next, uh, you know, three to four years, but the way the game is now, you see rosters from year to year and inevitably, uh, you know, players will move on, figures will move on. And, uh, and that's why I think right now we just need to enjoy every matchup we get, whether it's preseason, regular season or the playoffs. But you mentioned the rivalry forming organically, and I think that's the biggest thing here. You got to love it. Nobody just uh, nobody forced any of this. It all took off on its own. Um, you look at and, and the other point I was going to make, I touched on it a little bit off the top. Maybe this is a bit of an old school view for me. Uh, and I'm You're an old, old school guy. I am a very old school guy in terms of the way I approach, I approach everything, all sports and everything <laughs> in general. But getting involved in a melee, getting involved in a Donnybrook, whether your team comes out on the winning end or the losing end of the game when, when the final horn sounds can be one of the best unifiers for a team that you could possibly have. It brings everybody together. There's if your team's willing to get out there and drop the gloves for each other, again, it doesn't matter what that final score is. That's something that you can build on. I've been, been working in this business now for 14 seasons. I've seen it happen a lot where sometimes all it takes is, you know, a game where everything just gets out of hand. And, you know, from that point on, a team can find its stride and it can be a unifying force that is like nothing else. I like to also bring up the fact that as an 11-year-old, 
I was at Joe Louis Arena on March 26, 1997. The Red Wings and the Avalanche, the greatest NHL regular season rivalry that's ever happened and the greatest regular season game that has ever been played. And I was there with my dad and I've never felt an electricity like there was at Joe Louis Arena that night. And you saw Hall of Famers on both sides, Hall of Famers dropping the gloves, Hall of Fame goaltenders fighting at center ice with Mike Vernon and Patrick Waugh. You had just everything, the whole thing just exploded. And then the, the final score was decided in overtime. The Red Wings won that game in overtime on a goal from Darren McCarty, who was the one that settled the score with Claude Lemieux. And the whole, it, it was, you couldn't have written it any better than they did, than it, than it unfolded. And you just knew that the winner of that game that night, it was a late March game at Joe Louis Arena. You just knew that the winner of that game was going to win the Stanley Cup. That was just plain and simple. That was how it was going to go. And they ended up playing in the Western Conference Final. The Red Wings wound up winning the Stanley Cup. And I think you look back to that night in March, that was where the whole thing started. So, again, I think that's how we kind of felt during the first round of the playoffs this past year. A lot of people were saying whoever wins Panthers Lightning maybe won't win the Stanley Cup, but definitely will be the favorite then. I was going to have an inside track. Yeah. An inside track mentally because to get past that matchup for either team was going to be no easy task and I still say the Panthers even though the Islanders pushed the lightning to seven games and the Panthers lightning series went six I still think the Panthers gave the lightning the best run for their money that anybody did in that postseason and uh, I do think that the winner of that series was definitely going to have at least a mental edge over everybody else in the league moving forward Tampa Bay of course wound up winning the whole thing yeah, and Doug, like we said, we have a lot of time to talk about Panthers lightning for, for years to come, and of course a lot this season, but uh, that's going to do it for that kind of little segment there today. I know, obviously, like you said, next week we're going to have our season preview, we're going to make some predictions, we're going to have a great Panthers guest on, but you know, right now, let's just kind of go through a couple preseason observations, a couple things we like, uh, a couple players we like, you know, trends, things like that. Uh, but like you said, Panthers lightning, we got two more games coming up here in the preseason. We're going to have Thursday at Amelie arena. And then we're going to have Saturday at FLA live arena to close things out. And then season opener, Doug, October 14th. You know, yep. that, that's, that's a week from tomorrow. It, it's going to be here before we know it. Penguins coming to town. It's going to be a great game. Can't wait to see it. FloridaPanthers.com backslash tickets for all your ticketing. And don't forget needs. that the Panthers and lightning are going to play each other for the first time in the regular season on Tuesday, October 19th over at Amelie arena in Tampa. So one to circle on the calendar, even if you're not going to be there in person, you want to make sure that one way or another, you are tuned in for that one. Yeah, Doug, that's going to be wild. And of course, like we said, the Lightning don't come to FLA Live Arena until like December. So that's going to be like the craziest game of the season, I think, up to that point. I can't wait for it, but we're going to have to be patient. We're going to have to wait a bit for it. But Doug, like I said, preseason observations. Uh, I think first, let's just start with Owen Tippett. Uh, we'll kind of move along here pretty quickly. But, you know, if you're not paying attention to Owen Tippett right now, you haven't been watching games. You haven't been watching practices because he's having a great camp. He's had a great preseason, two goals in a fight. Uh, you know, on Tuesday against the Lightning, you know, Joel Quenville said it's not a Gordie Howe hat trick, but it should be something because, of course, a Gordie Howe goal assist in a fight, two goals and a fight. That's better than a Gordie Howe hat trick, uh, Coach Q said. So we got to come up with a name for that eventually, but really impressing his teammates, really impressing the coaching staff. Uh, I believe that's four points in four preseason games for him. 
looks really comfortable on that uh, second line with Jonathan Huberto and Sam Bennett. But Doug, Owen Tippett, it looks like, and we, we watched him make steps each season, and it seems like he took a big one heading into the season. Yeah, he looks like he's ready to become a star right here before our eyes. And going into this season, he's somebody who's going to have a huge opportunity. He's going to play on a line that's going to get good minutes, at least to start. He's been skating with Sam Bennett and Jonathan Huberto. He's going to get opportunities to score. He's going to find his name on the score sheet. He's had an NHL shot since he showed up. Uh, since he was drafted. I mean, since he was 18 years old, that was the biggest attribute that we heard thrown around was this guy's got an NHL shot and he has since he was a teenager, but the way he's moving on the ice. And the biggest thing I notice when you just watch him play, doesn't matter if it's practice or a game, the confidence, which with which he's playing the game, the confidence with which he's playing his position. He just looks like, again, not just like an NHL regular. He looks like a guy that's becoming a star before our eyes. And that was going to be the first name I was going to mention. I mean, you, you look up and down the lineup and you expect to see, you expect to see big things out of the household names, the guys like Barkov and Huberto, and of course, uh, Sam Bennett making an impact. Guys that are NHL regulars and have been for, you know, four or 500 games. But when you look at a guy that, has been making strides, came on really strong at the end of last season, looked good in the playoffs as well. You expected big things out of Owen Tippett. And my goodness, he is delivering right now, Jameson. I don't think he has, uh, I, I don't think he has lacked in one area at all here in this preseason and throughout the training camp. Can't wait to see what he puts together for a full season. I don't think that uh, 25 goals for him is out of the question. Yeah, especially right now, we're seeing him on the second power play unit. So, of course, if he's there, a chance to score a lot of goals. But just that line dynamic is so just great for him. You have Jonathan Huberto, probably one of the top three passers in the league. Mm -hmm. Get him the puck. And then you have Sam Bennett, who's just always in front of the net, always creating space, always freeing Tippett up for shots. So uh, it, it's all kind of coming into place in that line. And that's kind of where I'll go second here is just the lines the Panthers have been wheeling out. We've talked about the depth this team has had all training camp long. We've seen it in these preseason games. Just the fact that you can go from that for Hagee, Barkov, Reinhardt line to a Huberto Bennett tippet line is absolutely insane. And then you go after that and you have guys in your bottom six, like Frank Petrano, you have guys like Patrick Hornquist. You have guys like Anton Lundell, who we're about to see on Thursday. He's expected to play uh, with the Panthers then after missing some time with an injury. Uh, you have Joe Thornton. You have uh, Etu lewis Dorian's had a good camp. That's a great depth player for the Panthers. It just keeps going and going. Anthony Duclair, who I haven't mentioned yet, you know, he's in the bottom six right now. And there's just so much talent this team has. They just keep coming and coming and coming at the opposition. And I think that's going to be their greatest strength this year. And one thing we didn't mention, Nola Chari is going to miss some time with an injury suffered in Tuesday's game, but that's what the Panthers are prepared for this season. They're prepared They're for, when you, for when you lose a Nola Chari, they have several guys that can then fill that spot. So obviously you can't replace everything Noel does, but you got a really quality player coming in to replace him in the lineup. So the depth of the Panthers, we've talked about it heading into this you know training camp. And now we've seen it in training camp and Doug, it's just otherworldly. Yeah, we hope for a speedy recovery for Nolachari and uh, and again, hope he can get back in there as quickly as possible. Obviously, a key part of uh, of this Panthers team. And, um, you know, you, you never like to see that. Uh, you never like to see that happen. But uh, again, hopefully he can get back in there as quickly as possible. Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. But the Panthers team depth, Jameson, has drawn a lot of praise over the course of the preseason and it's going to come in handy right away. And you look across the entire league and with the NHL preseason for a lot of teams being as long as it is seven, eight games, there's virtually no team that makes it through the whole preseason 
uh, 100% healthy. There's always going to be somebody who's a little nicked up coming out of camp. And, uh, and again, hopefully Nolachari can put this behind him as quickly as possible. But, uh, but a lot to come out of that game. And, of course, as we look ahead to the, uh, to the regular season, which starts up on the 14th, a lot to be excited about with and this Doug, Panthers team moving forward. One person I know you want to talk about, or should I say two people, Spencer Knight, Sergey Bobrovsky. We saw yep. Spencer uh, the other night in Tampa Bay on Tuesday, 28 saves on 30 shots. Uh, now in two preseason starts, I believe his save percentage is 950, two wins. Uh, he's looked you know, like we always say, calm, cool, and collected. That's his MO. Looked great out there, was tracking pucks well. Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky only got to see him once so far, 40 minutes of play, stopped 11 to 12 shots. Only goal allowed came on the power play. I thought he looked really sharp, too, for his first game. But he stayed back in South Florida. He's got a baby on the way with his wife, Olga. So big congrats to Sergey Bobrovsky. Yeah, congratulations to Sergey Bobrovsky. That's huge. Uh, you know, Joe Quenville said that's what it's all about. And that's just really exciting for him. And I'm excited to see what he does with his dad strength. Because that is a thing. It's real, especially in sports. It always happens. Uh, so look out for Bob with dad strength. But Bob is supposed to start the preseason finale on Saturday, according to Quenville. I'd expect them potentially we could see Spencer one more time before that. Maybe Christopher Gibson, who is now kind of, you know, taking control of that number three spot for the Panthers there on the goaltending depth chart. Uh, but the goaltending depth, Doug, it, it looks really strong, especially when you're to have a tandem like Sergei Bobrovsky, like Spencer Knight. Like we said, the veteran, the rookie, the two-time Vesna winner, the potential Calder Trophy candidate, you know, uh, they got the best of both worlds there. And it looks like both guys coming into camp really strong. And I, I, I've liked what I've seen from both guys. Yeah, if we're talking about it as a whole, both look ready to go. Both look ready to play. You can expect uh, you can expect big things out of both of them. But I think it sets the Panthers up in a good situation. A lot of people have asked about this. And I think plain and simple, you go into the year and you don't have to you don't have to have one guy carry a 65 70 game load very few guys do that anymore uh, and I think that's kind of antiquated rarely do teams go into a season and say this is our main guy he's doing everything yep this is our guy he's going to start 70 games it, it's always about tandems now and the split is usually what 60 40 would you say Doug in terms of percentages these days for most teams like it, yeah it, it something takes, around it takes that two great goaltenders to win in the league this time something uh, ar know, around that and it's hard to believe Hard to believe. I believe I think Marty Brodeur played 70 plus games 12 times in his career. Ridiculous. That just does not happen anymore. Uh, granted, a lot of those Devils teams weren't giving up a ton of chances and a ton <laughs> of shots. But uh, Marty Brodeur played a, played 70 plus a lot. Doesn't happen that much anymore. I know uh, our friend Roberto Luongo had uh, some 70 appearance seasons as well during his career, but you look at it now, you mentioned 60, 40. And I think if both guys are, if both guys are, you know, playing, uh, playing as well as they can play, I think it puts the Panthers in a great situation. If they have a 60, 40 split for a couple of different reasons, you get to the playoffs because I believe with this team, it's a, when not an, if they get to the playoffs, you get to the playoffs and you've got two guys that are fresh. You don't have to worry about one guy and say, Oh, you know, it's great that we're in the playoffs, but is this, did we, did we run this guy into the ground getting here? That's not going to be the case. Case. You're going to have two fresh goaltenders. You can call on either one. They're going to be ready to go. You look at a guy like Spencer Knight. He is a 20 year old. He's coming off two seasons of college hockey. College hockey is a pretty light workload in comparison to an NHL schedule. He just turned 20 back in April. The last thing that you want to do, even though Spencer would probably be the first one to say, sure, if you need me to play 65 games, I'll play 65 games. 
But the last thing you want to do is take somebody at that stage of his career and development because he is still developing. He's not even 21 years old yet. He's still a developing goaltender. The last thing you want to do is run him into the ground, uh, you know, at, at such a young age. Let him let him get adjusted to the NHL schedule because he's still in a period where he is getting adjusted. You've got Sergei Bobrovsky, who's been a workhorse goaltender for a long time in his career. And you know that he would gladly take uh, take the, the goal crease every single night if he needed to do so. But neither guy has to go out there every single night. You're going to have two fresh goaltenders when he gets the playoffs. If you look at the teams that have had success in the National Hockey League, whether it's, uh, you know, you look at the Blackhawks teams that won multiple cups, or you look at the LA Kings teams that won multiple cups. You look uh, a couple of years ago when St. Louis had Jordan Bennington and Jake Allen. You look uh, further back, you look at the Washington Capitals when they won it. A lot of these teams were able to call on two guys over the course of the year, and that allowed them to keep both of them fresh and uh, keep everything moving. So I think that's where you want to be in the National Hockey League, the Tampa Bay Lightning, a little bit of uh, an anomaly in the modern era in that they do have the one guy that they tend to roll out there every night. Last year, of course, they weren't getting a lot of production from that backup goaltending spot, so they had to. It was also a shorter season, condensed, but a shorter season in terms of overall workload. Over a full 82 going into this season, I'm sure that we're even going to see Andre Vasilevsky take a few more nights off oh, yeah. than maybe he was accustomed to the last couple of years. Yeah, and Doug... Like we've said, there's so much we could talk about. We've already talked about a lot on this week's episode, Territory Talk. Of course, as always, presented by our friends over at Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. But I think that'll about do it for this week's episode, just because... One thing so I much... wanted to throw out there, Jameson. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I have a non-hockey item. I have a non-hockey item. It was brought to the table uh, this week on Twitter. Um, a, a was, this, per- was this on the list? It was not on the list. Oh, I forgot to put it on the list. Uh, <laughs> so sorry about the disorganization here. If you've been with us on Territory Talk for any uh, number of weeks, months, or years, you know that occasionally we uh, deviate from the script if there is a script near the end of the program. Uh, it was announced there's a there's a, a concert package that's coming to FLA Live Arena uh, that is going to involve Rick Astley. And I just want to let everybody know that I'm a big fan. That stirred up some uh, Twitter attention. Well, never I think, gonna, never I think it's hard to up. say you're a fan of Rick Astley without having it come off as sarcastic or a joke. That's the trouble these days. I'll tell you this. After I years was, of getting Rickrolled. I think I was, so I was, I was part of the Rick Astley renaissance years before anybody got Rickrolled. I, and I, I would like to say that I was a precursor to the Rickroll. I had a I had a Rick Astley T-shirt when I was in college. No I did. It's probably they still in my those? parents' house. Well, it was from the '80s. I bought it off eBay. It was like a triple extra large because that was the only size I could find, and I think it was like four bucks. But I wore it at uh, at school, and I it came with a pin. It came with a pin. I don't know where that is. I also have his <laughs> platinum and gold collection album. And here's what's more, the my my grandparents had this electronic keyboard when I was a kid. It was a Casio and it had an orange button on it that said demo. And when you hit demo, the demo track that played was Rick Astley's Together Forever in an electronic keyboard version. And I would always hit that button and pretend I was playing the song. It was a great thrill for me as like an eight-year-old. So yeah, been a fan of Rick Astley for a long time. Just want to throw that out there. Doesn't necessarily align with the rest of my musical tastes, but, uh, but I got a great appreciation for Rick. If I get my picture with him when he comes to FLA Live Arena, that would be a huge thrill. I think we got to make it happen now. Let's pull some strings. Let's ask some people. If you can find the shirt, we'll get the shirt sent to you from your parents' house, and we'll just we'll see what we can do. 
I'll have to look for it. It could be here. It could be here. I have a lot of uh, old stuff in Rubbermaid bins here that uh, that I got to search through. Well, Doug, I am never going to give you up. I'm never going to let you down. because. And I hope that here on Territory Talk, we're together forever, Jameson. <laughs> and we will be because we're here every week, every Wednesday, always talking about the Panthers. Uh, big shout out to all our listeners. I, 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 we have our hardcore base of listeners, though, that listen all year round. But it's also fun to see you know, the numbers really spike once we start getting closer to the season and everyone kind of tuning back in after the off season. So shout out to the hardcores, but at the same time, welcome back. A lot of people that I know are tuning back in as Panther season really gets rolling here. And Doug, like I said, so much we could talk about, but so as many Panther questions. season gets Rick rolling. As, <laughs> yes. So much we could be talking about, but at the same time, so many other questions we have are going to be answered by this time next week, because we're at 31 guys right now on the roster by next week, we'll be down to, you know, the opening night roster. Because opening yep. night is, of course, Thursday against the Pittsburgh Penguins at FLA Live Arena. We will be talking to you again on Wednesday, the day before. So we should have a lot of answers. We should know how a lot of things are looking a week from now. And then, you know, Doug, from there, it's off and running. Yeah, tweet us, at Doug Plagans, at Jameson Coop. Always looking to hear from you out there. We thank everybody for the interaction and for tuning in. And uh, tweet us if you have any questions. Maybe it'll show up in a future episode. Also kicking off the uh, hashtag Dear Doug mailbag this week. So maybe your question will end up there too. Be sure to fire one off if anything comes to mind. Questions, concerns, inquiries, statements, declarations, interrogations, anything that you want to bring to the table as far as the Florida Panthers or uh, anything hockey related, anything non-hockey related, uh, really everything's fair game. So fire it off. Looking forward to hearing from everybody out there. And uh, we thank you very much for being on board with us. Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Again, thanks to all of you for tuning in, whether this is your first time or approximately your 300th time. I'm not even sure how many of these things we've done now. James. I guess it's 187 or yeah, we're getting up on 200, 300 is a little far into the future, but uh I think we're getting up on uh, 200 episodes now. So Territory Talk's growing up. Thanks to everybody for being a part of it, whether you've just hopped on or uh, whether you've been with us since day one. You can always find Territory Talk new episodes each and every week. Usually about 99% of the time those come out on Wednesday. So you can find them wherever you find your favorite podcast. So thanks to all of you for tuning in. For Jameson Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. This has been Territory Talk, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.